0: And welcome to the Box Angeles Podcast with me, your host, Mike Elder. It really means a lot to me that you're listening to this episode today, however, you stumbled on the program. A little housekeeping first. I gotta shout out Patreon member John Wendler. Thank you for subscribing, John. I really appreciate it. If you want a shout out, head over to the Box Angeles Patreon, subscribe, you get all the access to all the audio archives. It's a really good deal, $5 a month, and it supports the show. And I'll shout you out if you stay subscribed like John. Appreciate you, John. Also, go to my YouTube channel, boxangeles.com slash YouTube. It's got video clips and full video episodes of all the new ones out there. It's a treasure trove of good content. I would love it if you clicked subscribe over there. Who's my guest this week, though? Let's get to it. It's the great actor and comedian Ryan Gall. You might recognize Ryan from shows like The Last OG or Bajillion Dollar Properties or Superstore or maybe on stage at UCB down the road or The Groundlings. He's everywhere. He's been in this game for a really long time. And as we talk about, he's worked steadily. He's never had a day job since moving to LA. Well, he should have one shortly. I'll talk about that. But overall, he's just had a steady, thorough career. We talked about that and how cool that is and how lucky he is to have that happen. So it was a really great conversation. I hadn't met Ryan, I don't think maybe in passing, but not in person. And we had a really good conversation. So I think you're going to like it. Like if this is the first episode you're listening to, you're in for a treat is what I'm saying. So like, Good for you. Good on you. Thank you for coming and listening. Thank you to the OG people for listening, too. Obviously, I don't want to forget about you guys. But anyways, I'm talking too much. Without further ado, I give you... I'm Ryan Gall. Hey, Ryan. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming down, buddy. It's good to talk to you.
1: I'm glad we could finally make this happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you could finally make Hey,
0: this I'm happen. persistent, if nothing else. you know No, I, mean? I love
1: it. You are all, You're very accommodating <laughs> when I'm like four times in a row saying like, "Uh, I can't do it today.
0: You know what's funny about that, though, is like you say that from your perspective. But from my perspective, I think you're being incredibly gracious to come down here. I don't know where you live. I don't know if you're close, but you're coming down here, taking time out of your day to talk to somebody you don't know. So I find you to be incredibly gracious. And if you have to reschedule a couple of times, that's the least of my concerns, honestly.
1: Well, that's a very nice view. You You came highly recommended uh, or endorsed from Emily Pendergrass. Yeah. And... They, when she mentioned you, I was like, "Oh, if she if she had a good because she's one of like my my dearest friends from The Groundlings." Right, right, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. I try to be very accommodating, as I say, because
1: I didn't know Emily beforehand.
0: But it's the same thing. She's she wonderful. she rescheduled a couple times, and I'm just oh, she did. You're
1: of probably course, so you. Does. We're we're yeah. We're <laughs> let's actors. be honest. We're stupid. I got actors. the casting
0: director Michael Samford coming this week, yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. he 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 canceled because he's got a callback this week now. Of so course. everybody's canceling, but I am patient. Uh, if nothing you, else, is you're what very
1: gracious. Yeah, every time you respond, you're like, "No problem, I'll check and get back to you." And I was like, "All right, he's a pro."
0: Well, I'm being he's honest a- with you. Like, like so many people that have done this podcast don't know me, honestly. Like, I've had so many. I've met people at UCB and IO. I worked at both those for a while. But like, most people are just doing this out of their kindness of their heart. I think, yeah. Or like paying it forward, or like they've all been there and can understand the struggle of a, a somebody trying to break through or start out. So I think. Everybody's partly doing it narcissistically because they like hearing themselves talk, but also because they're paying for it forward is what I tell myself.
1: They, they, <laughs> it may be a mix of the two. I do think like there is a a weird release that takes place <laughs> when somebody asks you like, "Why'd you get into this? Why'd you do this?" It's like. <sighs> thank goodness i can release this information and let people know why i got into this yeah. why i'm doing this. there is a narcissistic thing and it's an ego thing and it's also just like a therapeutic thing right to talk about it so yeah, yeah it is it, it it's paying it forward is the nicest way <laughs> we can paint this i do all i get requests for like podcasts from like teenagers sometimes oh really like, hey, you're a hot I'm, commodity yeah well no i'm, In the I'm saying market i'm saying quite the the opposite it's like i'm getting instead of an audition for a sitcom that will pay i'm getting like 12 year old gerald who's like hey i'm interviewing actors and i'd love to talk to you i'm from minnesota and i <laughs> <laughs> the irony is I'm from Minnesota. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gerald.
0: But you, Wait a minute. But You're when careful. you think about that, though, didn't Judd Apatow do that? I remember Did hearing he him reach like out? reaching out to big celebrities when he was like 15 and interviewing them. So you never and know then, if
1: Gerald becomes the next great P, Paul yeah, Thomas Anderson. Or something. But you know, I respond to every single person. I And by the way, I've given... This is maybe the biggest mistake of my life. But possibly my greatest victory (laughs) is that I gave out my phone number on Comedy Bang Bang. That's Um, hilarious. And I get, to this day, probably like 30 texts. That's hilarious. To probably about, I would say like 50 to 60 texts a week from people not as ma- a lot of phone calls as well but i don't answer any phone call now <laughs> smart <laughs> smart necessary and uh yeah and i but i respond to every single one what is, that's, fascinating. that's fascinating i don't know positive why? stuff yeah, every there's there have been I think two that have been a little like weird and I just immediately blocked them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. I talked to Carl Tart a couple months ago and he was talking about how podcast fans can be very weird and very like upset if you don't do certain things. So to open yourself up to that yeah, lane of a free form conversation like is probably sketchy.
1: Maybe because I was so open about it, people are like, Well, let's respect the boundaries that's pretty cool <laughs> i get a lot of just like hey you, you, you my wife and i listen to you We're, we really love you no need to respond i get a lot of those that's cool and i just like heart it and go ahead with my day and i'm like
0: oh that's cool when I love did you that. give it out how long ago
1: <sighs> probably like a year and, and people are still finding it and well, texting you. that's crazy. now scott makes it a point every time I do comedy bang, Bang, to go, and don't you give your number, So every time I give it out again, <laughs> no matter what character I feel like no I matter what, what character, it once, but that's so no. funny. I did a live show originally. It was oh, a live okay. show that makes sense in Maine, and I gave it out that and I got sense. a lot of like a lot of calls that I, I woke up and I sent. Uh, a screenshot to a few people, and I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> but I was—I just went through and just classic quickly Scott. said, "Thanks, thanks, 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 thanks." Yeah, classic. Author, y- y- speaking of, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of paying
0: it forward, Scotty. No, you know what's funny about paying it forward though is that lately these have felt therapeutic. These conversations I've had, and now yeah. I want to go to my therapist and say, "I'm paying it forward to you by giving you my session today, Miss Therapist." You know I what I mean? <laughs> I love that. Do you she's a, only getting she's only getting smarter what's from mine. Uh, Corinne. Oh, I was gonna say. She, she's right over here. I walk to everything I do. Do you see her in person? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, mine's on want, Zoom. I don't want to do it on Zoom.
0: I work I have a day job. I don't That's I do weird. enough Zooms.
1: I know. I feel like I I see my therapist and I'm like, I don't really know what you look like. I see you on Zoom, but you, you're you look like a news anchor. Are they in LA? I think. <laughs> I don't know. I do not know that. <laughs> isn't she's that weird a, she very quickly like anytime i'm like and how are you she's like that's not important ryan so let's talk about you like she pushes it i do that too every I'm time like, you tell me about it. your weekend so how are you tell me like, what's the big thing on your mind this week is that an improv <laughs> thing i wonder if every improviser goes in there and tries oh. to yes and their questions maybe Back to or them. it's like an avoidance thing of like <laughs> i don't want to talk about my job <laughs> i don't want to talk about my problems well, yeah. unfortunately, you have to talk about your problems today. I would
0: love Wait, to. Wait, right. I saw you first in House of Lies. That was my oh. first, I think, introduction to you. You were in like, what, the third or fourth season maybe? You I came in so. later, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, the third. I remember because my son, the day I booked that was the day my son Linus was born. Oh, very cool. And I was like, Which it was-, was on my mind of like, oh my God, how am I going to, how, how do I deal with Having a second child. Yeah. And it was almost like whatever powers that be were like, here, we'll take you out of the house for (laughs) six months. (laughs) You don't get get to deal with your child. (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting
0: the avoidance as a common theme from you. uh, I want to throw you under the bus. Which was better news,
1: getting that recurring role or hearing, having. I, listen, you know I have to say the the role was better. No, I, <laughs> no, nice. the Linus Linus is the best thing in the world. That's awesome. But the mixture of the two was Got really like it just took all the pressure off. Very cool and put the pressure on at the same time. But Fair, that was a, that was very fun. That's where I met Ben Schwartz, Schwartz. Yep, and eventually like became pals with him and have done some Ben Schwartz and friends. Shows with him yeah, traveling yeah. around the country, a few here and there. I've been lucky enough to do those, are just the best. Um, but
0: uh, well, what I was gonna say was from the House of Lies, like that was where I really saw you, and I, I've seen you around UCB and stuff. But um, I was noticing on your IMDB how steadily you've worked in House of the Lies, it feels like. And coming, and I just wanted to ask you, like looking back on that, yeah. Um, I know, you, I think you got into groundlings a little later in life, but like. You've yep. had a steady career it seems like from 2013 even through the pandemic you were on the last OG pushing through that. Yeah. What do you think looking back the last 8 10 years now 10 years I guess it's 2024. Are you how do you feel about your career are you I asked the same question to Emily. Yeah. I don't know if you listen to Emily's question but uh, or Emily's podcast but I'm just curious like from my side, I'm still struggling to get my first TV credit. Yeah. And I'm sure you were wrestling with that for a while, but then to suddenly jump from house of lives recurring to the last OG bazillion dollar
1: yeah. properties, you're consistently working. So what do you think when you look back the last 10 years, it was, uh, you know, I guess when I look back to, I was stupid enough when I first started auditioning, uh, when I, I was in Sunday company and I remember that's where I got an agent and a manager and I was stupid enough to be be like, "All right, so now I just audition, and one of them will pick me to be on their show." I really, I really didn't think it was a possibility. I wouldn't get something, and somehow, it w- so when I got House of Lies, I was like, "Great, this will be my starter. Uh, this is my appetizer, and now I'll move forward." And then, you know, I I got into the main company at the Groundlings, which was, you know so wonderful because it gives you this anchor of performance in LA where I, I do feel bad for, I don't feel bad, but I feel like it's such an advantage to have a home base where you can perform consistently and stay sharp. So when you do get called in for an audition, it's not, you're not like, Oh, I got to get the the wheels moving again. I'm, you know, you're, you're already there. You're ready to go. Right. And, so I get it went from House of Lies, and then I got into the main company. I I and you know but the the groundlings we don't we don't get paid. We do it all out of our the goodness of our hearts. Um, but it is such a it's so fun. And then I can remember doing um, getting Superstore. Yeah, that- and and I went in for that, and I it was a day where I had noth- nothing nothing. Uh, no time to prepare for that, and I looked at the signs and was sort of like, I, I just I'll just rip through it as best I can and get out of there. And they were like, Oh, yeah, we really like we liked that. By the way, I think Jordan Peele, ironically uh, or coincidentally, who produced The Last OG, was up for that part. Oh, crazy on Superstore. I think if he was like the exact same person. Yeah. We're very similar. <laughs> <laughs> we're very similar, but we had performed at the groundlings right, many right, times yeah, yeah. together. Cause he, he wasn't a groundling, but he was always a uh, guest cause he's a brilliant improviser. And, um, so he declined that because I think he was, he was working on get Can, out at the time. Oh, okay. And I was lucky enough to be like, I'll take those dregs, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll eat that up. Um, And then from there, it went, you know, little bits here and there and little TV bits here and there. But having the Groundlings as that anchor allowed me to, I wasn't, I didn't have the time to worry about. Yeah. Nothing was precious. Right. It was just like I was, I was going to auditions being like, well, I'll get what I get. And my manager is really great at being like, listen, at this point, you're either in the mix or you're not. Like, do your thing, go in there, show them who you are, be authentic, be like don't worry about showing them what they are looking for. Be who you are. Yeah. I love that. You know? And because sooner or later they're gonna be like, oh, who you are is perfect and then you're gonna be able to do that easily on screen. Right. If you show them something that is not who you are, it's gonna be hard to replicate. Agreed. So that that looking back on ten years, that's I I think I the groundlings always floats up and I go, I'm so happy I had that as like good audition bad audition good booking bad booking but anything that happened i always had the the groundlings to kind of float back to and be like the i can get on stage here and it's going to be a blast and i'm going to have fun and i'm going to get better sure but back to the the first comment you made you
0: said i sort of expected to get something right yeah did you have that mindset sort of the entire time was it just sort of a, a good solid confidence it's you faded? faded it's faded <laughs>
1: Is that <laughs> that right? feeling has that feeling has faded because the Isn't more you work,
0: you should be more confident. No, right?
1: because I think the more you work, the more you go like, oh, I shouldn't be it. Like, why am I being like? Why am I getting paid to do this? Like, you start to question things. Okay. The more the more ingredients in the pot, the more you go like, well, this tastes different. I don't like. I I, I still and and you also get older, and you're like um, aged out of being like uh the beer guy in a yeah. Bud Light commercial. Now I have to be young dad. And now I have to be normal dad. I'm like, I'm not young dad anymore. I'm just dad. <laughs> or God, am not am I old dad now? I might be old dad. I think I am old dad. But though all the questions, the longer you stay in the more questions you have, the more you question yourself. And I would I'm not I'm not young and dumb anymore. Now right. I'm sort of like More experienced, and with that comes more criticism of yourself. Sure. So, but do you appreciate things more now? Oh, do you think? Yeah, for sure. And I, I handle. I think I handle things differently, even on a a set. I think I'm like, I'm more grateful. I'm not. I'm not walking in just being like, "Cool, you guys hired me. Like, what do I do? Where are my lines? What Now I'm like. it's it is kind of weird because now things are a little more a little more precious so i wa- i don't know what that means but that's how that's how it feels is like uh, i don't know i mean i've been doing this since i took my first improv class in 1998 i think in boston and god when i took that i was like my biggest concern was going to the Gap to get a pair of khakis to wear to the audition because I thought like, well, I have to look nice. I have to look nice for my audition for the improv. And I bought a pair of khakis that still had like wrinkles in them when I got on stage. Uh, I really remember that. And that was my biggest concern. I wasn't concerned about whether I could be funny on stage. I was like, oh, that that's thats like neither here that's nor secondary. there. That's secondary. Yeah. <laughs> And now it's like, oh my God, if I can get out of bed and find a clean t shirt to go to this audition in, that's a victory. But I also am like downloading sides and trying to go over them much more. Like your priorities definitely shift. And I'm sure they will continue to shift.
0: That's you know? weirdly a foresight, though. I feel like f- you just came from a commercial audition, you said. And that's yeah. sort of all how you look, right? Like the khakis probably would book it for you or they wouldn't. So you it was a weird know.
1: foresight to like yeah. talent is secondary in a lot of the things that it's we do out here. Totally. Because you get a, yeah, you get an audition. They're like, um, up, you know, it'll say wardrobe and it'll say upper scale sports party goer. And you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means. And you go to the audition, and people are like in eagles jerseys with like a like a hoodie and then <laughs> a tie on, and they're like, I don't know. I I guess that's that's what I thought was. And they all have khakis. Everyone's wears wears khakis. Everybody's. I like that you said that the
0: the things are getting more precious to you because I think a lot of people in sort of my position, and I've been told this is wrong. So feel free to yeah. reiterate that. But a lot of us, I think, think if I could just get one. If I just get one, then I'll yes. get another one.
1: Of but course. it sounds
0: like you're kind of the opposite. You're like, I'm going to get one. And now you're just sort of like, I hope I get another one.
1: I hope I, I get another one. I, no, I, I go to sleep at night thinking like, I'm never getting another one in my life. I, ne- <laughs> I will never get another one. I really think that. I'm like, I've gotten my last one. Even when the only reason... I got the last OG and this is what is cause I did not, I declined that audition two times because the, the breakdown that was sent from my agent was like kind of a former rock star, uh Thai boxer. And I was like, well, that's not me. I'm like dad bod and kind of like, boring white guy (laughs) I'm like that's not me and so they came back and they were like no they want to they want to read you like and I was like I don't want to again third time I was like fine I'll go in so I put on like the coolest thing I had which is a brown like leather jacket and it, it I was still so boring looking but I did not care and i'm sure you've heard this over and over oh, from yeah. from people it's like you people book the stuff they don't care about oh yeah and there's such an energy that's given out when you're like you're you're not trying right the sexy you yes and and it's so cliche and it sounds it's it's boring even to talk about sometimes and you can't teach it and you can't plan for it it has to happen organically yeah. where it's like, no, I just don't care about this one. That's why people book multiple things in a row. Cause they book something and then they're like, I'm set. Right. I'm set. And here we go. And then the next three things they go in on, they book as well. And they're like, why? It's because you didn't give a shit. You went into those things and did not give a shit. Yeah. And, and just like, I, I, I wish there was a way you could like, impose that upon yourself and be like okay here's a pill you take and you will not care i guess that's a i guess that's vicodin (laughs) or ketamine maybe (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true maybe that's why like there's a lot of drug addicts in the the business because when they take drugs they don't care but
0: i had will hines on a second time recently and he said something i found so fascinating because i think he's one of the best at those sort of co-star come in do five lines and be gone and he said his advice for auditions is pretend like they already know who Will Hines is they know you are you're the Will you're the Will Hines you're the Mike Elder yeah and just give it that energy that your friends all know you give everyone all your friends know who Ryan Gall is give that energy right and then that sort of exudes and i think that kind of gives that sort of sexy indifference a little bit yes it's like
1: you already know who i am i don't need this audition that i agree with him 100 percent. the problem is if you if you there's so much gray area where if you get it wrong and you're like i'm ryan gall and you and you go into the room and you're like i'm gonna follow those instructions but it It's not authentic. it comes across as like what this man's crazy right. like for example my one of my first acting coaches uh when I first got out here, he was like, uh, when you finish an audition take your take your script and throw it in the trash and walk out of the room before they even say and give you notes and i I was like, oh. And he was like, don't give them a chance. Make them call you back in the room. And I was like, that's brilliant. It's a power move. That's awesome. That is Hollywood. And I did it once. And I I took, it was a commercial audition. So it wasn't even like crazy important. And I had a script in, I, no, I didn't even have a script. I, it, it was, I finished it. I had a partner in the room. And I just walked to the door and like opened it and was like, boom. And I heard like, hey, where the hell are you going? The director was like, where are you going? Where are you? And I was like, uh, I have stuff to do. And I was like, oh no, what's happening? This is falling apart. And they were like, we're not done. We were gonna have you do it again. And I was like, well, do you want me? And I was so cocky and it was awful. I was like, do do you want me to do it again or not? And they were like, nope. Oh no. And I was like, well, good then I'm out of here. <laughs> So my point being, like, there's... There's a line. W- Will is so right, like, uh, you know, about his that philosophy. But you have... And he's probably, like, enough of a veteran where he can do that. But it's a very hard thing to just pull off yeah. if you're starting out. Well, and that's what I hate about self tapes, right? Ugh. Because you can't
0: even get a note. Like you don't even there's know no you, if there's if there's a choose if there's a flow chart, I guess, of what's right and wrong about this audition, it's like wh- was I on the right track or not? Yeah. And we don't even know if what where to start on the flow chart. So that's where our mind just fills in and no. we don't even know.
1: No, it's a advanced version of they they say never pick out your own headshot. Uh, like have somebody pick it out or have your agent or something because you don't know how you look right it's the same thing with self tapes where I look through them and I'm like I like that one because my hand wasn't doing this when I did that (laughs) tape and they're like no one's looking at your hand Ryan just like it's the performance like I, I always pick the wrong one. Yeah, always. My agents uh, constantly. That's are like, really interesting. I actually I have heard that headshot thing, but I never thought about it with auditions. It's a it's the same thing. Absolutely, or it's similar. It's like you you're you have, biased against your own weird yeah, things, th- against your own performance. Yeah, because you, you you hear yourself differently, you see yourself differently. So I don't know. I always try to if I have somebody reading with me, be like, would well, just let me know the best takes. Yeah. I love having somebody read with me. Like
0: even if I don't need another reader, just somebody directing me. Because for that same reason, oh hell yeah, I can't direct myself. It's brutal in some
1: cases. No, you can't. Like even if it's somebody, like if it's anyone, if whether it's you know a a neighbor that has never acted before, they're going to be better off at going like that. Didn't feel real, yeah. Because you you can't. I don't know. I can't di- I've have you done self tapes just by yourself and no, like yeah. recorded your other lines? No. Okay. well,
0: yes, but not for a while.
1: Okay. I have some a lot of friends that are really willing to help out. That's well, that's good.
0: Well, you need a reader? I got you.
1: You're ahead of me. <laughs> Usually I call like 5 to 6 people and they're like, "I'm working." I'm like, "You're unemployed, man. What are you doing?" <laughs> I'm um, I have my, is that, Brandon, my Sornberger? Yeah, Brandon Sornberger yeah <laughs> Brandon Stormberger. sounds like Brandon Stormberger. <laughs> we worked together by the way oh yeah back in Boston what yeah we started back in Boston well the, I knew you started in Boston I didn't realize you guys were there at the same time but that yeah. makes sense we used to work every night we were, at a bar no at, at uh, Improv Asylum in, wow Very yeah cool. we performed on stage together for. oh performed time. together I think you meant work as in like well I consider the art work <laughs> you'll have to understand that about me and you'll probably get it as we talk and continue to talk but wait back to that
0: acting teacher did you tell the acting teacher you use his thing and then what did he say? No, i did not
1: i quit the acting school (laughs) yes that's exactly what i did i eventually was like oh that's just a dude telling me to do something crazy (laughs) that's not an acting teacher but i've come to understand like acting teachers improv teachers, uh, sketch writing teacher, like it's, it's real hit or miss. It is. You know, you gotta, you gotta find somebody that jives with you. And most people are not, when you first come out here, it's hard to be confident enough to go, that doesn't feel right. I'm going to move to another one. Yeah. And I was not eventually i i did and i found the groundlings and i found some teachers there that i was i was like oh this feels good this they're they're tapping into something in me but that that is always my advice to people starting out i'm like you got to be willing to like wade through a lot of garbage yeah. to find the people who are going to really inspire you yeah i think it's like therapy right like you are yeah. never going to get your therapist right on the first go right
0: but for acting specifically what i found is interesting is like just there's so many different perspectives and ways to approach it and you can't just assume the the one your friend's taking and maybe or maybe not getting something out of is the one that's right for you. No. And I do think it's interesting how actors sort of, I don't know, they're not self, some are self-sabotaging, but they get comfortable in an acting class and even if it's not serving them, they think that they're doing, they're furthering their career by just staying in this acting class when you see them and they're like, they're not even going, they're not even doing the work, they're just showing up and they're thinking that's enough and it's just like,
1: this isn't helping. It's because, they're, I guess that's what, people are told yeah. it's like it's like you know go find a good acting teacher learn how to act and uh, you know there is there is m- massive value to being in an acting class and and doing scene studies and doing cold reading you know studies but you know the stuff you really learn is from actually getting in a room full of producers and being scared at you, yeah. you know d- shitting your pants and then the next time you go in, you're like, okay, I, I, you know, it's experience and experience and experience and experience. And the, the cruel trick that this industry plays on us is that you can't get that <laughs> without, like, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't come. So it's, it, it's, it's really the most unfair of all industries in this, in this world yeah i was gonna say country but i'm sure i've never done it in another country but it, it it's really it's a sick little trick the devil of the entertainment industry is is not one i wish to ever go like pass through again i mean it felt it felt horrible i remember going to um did you ever do casting workshops? Oh, I've done a,
0: a number of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And by the way, I went to a few that were really helpful, and like got called in. But I also went to some that uh, the the casting director tore me apart so hard that it was traumatic. And in a casting workshop? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I can, were you I really bad? Were you really unpolished, or was it just something they were doing? I'm with? sure I was very bad, um, but instead of giving me, you know, I, I, they gave you yes. destructive. Yeah, <laughs> I, I expected somebody to go like, "Okay, Ryan, uh, I think maybe you're reading the script wrong," or uh, you know, they just were like, "What is that?" I remember, a, I can't remember who, and I wouldn't even say if I if I if I could remember because I need to go back in, for. Her. But I I, I remember just give out her phone yeah. number. Here's her phone number: three one zero. No, a uh, she said, she just stopped me in the middle and was like, "What are you doing with your voice?" And I was like, "I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing with my voice. What am I? What am I doing with my voice?" Oh, no. And she was like, "You're doing some like, are you playing like, are you playing gay?" And I was like, no, no, and in my mind, I'm like, oh my god, everybody thinks I sound gay. Am I gay? Maybe I'm gay. No, I, yeah, I'm spiraling. Yeah, I'm spinning in my head and spinning and going like, it's not wrong that I like, and, and I do have. I tend to. I have a little bit of a higher pitched voice, and maybe some might say it's gentle. Or I, I don't even know the way she she got in my head. I had, I still to this day go like, uh, you know, I, I feel, I, I feel like I think about my voice differently now. That's crazy. because of that one woman's comment. That's and then she could have just said like, Hey, uh, let's try coming from a, a different angle on this instead of going like, what is wrong with you?
0: Yeah. And stopping you. mid
1: Seeing. Yeah. I, and by the way, it happened again, like seven years later, a, commercial guy was like it was for a truck it was like a toyota truck commercial and he was like yeah can we do it again and this time uh let's play it i i like the character you're doing but let's try doing it not so feminine <laughs> oh and i was gosh. like what is what is this what is this people like uh, but that's it. it's who i am it's like yeah uh, there's a slippery slope there right like because
0: it's all in the delivery. I took an acting class for a very long time where the very first thing he did in like the four hour introduction with the big group of new students was had to sit in a chair and people literally just threw what they get, what vibe we're giving off. Yes. Construction worker, gay yeah, man, man, old hag. And some of them were biting. You know what I mean? These are all about but
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all <laughs> me. Old hag. <laughs> you do read old hag. <laughs>
0: But, like, some women and some men in that class,
1: both of them, took
0: offense to it. Oh,
1: sure. And it was like, if you get like um, a slutty librarian. Sure. Or like, uh, you know, a snotty butler, you know, there are things that you're like, really? Sure. But at the same time, it is important to know what
0: vibe you're giving because, like, for what we just said, we're blind to who, how we're perceived, and we might think of ourselves as yes. this audition is perfect when we're actually giving something completely off totally. base. Totally. So there's like a fine line, and, but the key is the delivery, not interrupting you in the middle of a casting workshop, delivering yes. it a little l- less severe.
1: Yes. Did you stop going to casting workshops after that? I did. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I 100% did. I think that the, I remember that one so... So clearly, and I remember who was it the the brother of she had brought in like uh, an actor, and it was the brother of one of the uh, who played James Bond, Daniel Craig before Daniel Craig, Pierce Brosnan. You know your Bonds. No, who was it? It It was was a brother. No, but this was like the brother of maybe it was Daniel Craig's brother. Or someday I can't. I can't remember who it was, but I re- I remember being like, "Oh, it's a brother of somebody famous," and she's like, "This is the brother of X X," and I was like, "Cool!" Like. <laughs> Great. Is he an actor? Or what? Is, like, I don't... Like, why is he here? Is that's it, like, this is the same cast... Like, this is Obama's cousin. <laughs> it's like, cool. Where Can we get to the part where... This is the same one where she tore me yeah, up. Yeah, this is the casting director that brought us Nepo Babies, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> she introduced us to
0: the idea of Nepo Babies. Yeah, she did. She well, did. During your 10-year run we just talked about, you You weren't worried about the auditions or anything. So were you working day jobs at all?
1: Never. No. I had so that's more- I had one day job when I got out here and I cold called um, businesses for phone, some sort of phone service. And I never, I worked for two weeks and I remember the guy who hired me, we, we were in a, this like crappy little office somewhere on Lincoln Boulevard in Venice. And, he was like, just go through this list, call these people, here's a script of what you say, and I'll talk to you at lunch. Did it for two weeks. Never got one bite, <laughs> never sold one thing. And at the end, I got, I remember I got one Bud Light commercial audition. And I was like, all right, I got to go to a Bud Light commercial audition. And that was part of the agreement of working there. He was like, if you get an audition, I'll let you go. Yeah. And so I went, um, and I got it. I I was like, oh my god, I got a bud light. And he was like, listen, one audition is nothing. You're like you're you're not you're this is a a pipe dream. You're not gonna do anything in this business. Trust me, I used to work for William Morris. I know. Yeah. And I was like, F you <laughs> I quit. I didn't even tell him I quit. I just said I was like, cool, and then left and never never went wow. back. He called me for like nine days in a row. I didn't even get paid. I I was like, doesn't matter. I got this Bud Light commercial. It's gonna, it's, you know how you were talking about, like, I just need one, yeah. and then I'm gonna. So I got the Bud Light commercial. Never aired, <laughs> never did anything. So I made, like, my 700 bucks for the day. It was like, oh, no. But luckily, but, yeah, you that survived. gave me the confidence to go, like, all right, well, I'll start looking for another job. But then I started to, like, book some other commercials, and luckily, that has always fed me it's always been enough you're never like yeah get lean no i mean i i've there's always there's always points where you go like all right like i i was pretty careful about putting a lot of way in savings and knowing that there would be lean times um but no i've i've that's i i have i feel very uh you know i'm really thankful that i've been, I've had the right rep and agents that have gotten me out so much that I've been able to survive that way. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a working actor, and that's like the I'm. A, dream. I'm. I've. I love being an actor. That everybody does not know. I can go anywhere I want. I've made a living. I've. Uh, you know, I can go in a restaurant and nobody would be like, "Hey, hey, it's you." Like I. I've never wanted that. I've yeah. like that's never been my dream. I've just wanted to like perform, act, be on stage, get in front of cameras when I can um and then live live my private life. Yeah, I think that's a sweet spot. Yeah. And- it's a, it's been it's been wonderful. I mean, yeah, do I get 60, 70 texts from random people? <laughs> A week, yeah, but that's my—that's the part that feeds that little narcissism. The, yeah, that, that and Gerald's, like, Gerald's, Gerald's aww. podcast. Oh, yeah, twelve year old exactly. Gerald's podcast and Gerald. And I'm gonna do that. I'm doing Gerald's podcast for sure. If you just for remember which sure. number it was that texted you, yeah, no, I got it marked down. I'm gonna do when it. When did you move to LA? Two thousand four. Okay, so. You that's crazy.
0: Were you, you were doing stuff? Oh, a lot of commercials, I guess. Probably when you first moved here. Yeah, got it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I didn't have like real theatrical rep until probably 2010 ish. Got it. And yeah. what? And I was very bad at it when I first started. Tell me more. I just I didn't know. I got a lot of feedback of like, oh, you're you're trying to be funny in the room. You're trying. I you forget that even. You know, doing improv and sketch, we you can push a lot more on stage. It, when you get in front of a camera, you really gotta learn to pull it back and trust the writers and that their words and the story they're telling and you're helping them tell. That's enough, and you can play it like a real human being. Yeah. Um. And that that was a little bit of a learning curve for me, and still is even to this day. You because it's hard to like take somebody else's words. And put them on in front of a camera and and perform them in a authentic way. That's why you know, I, I, it can come across sketchy sometimes. and I mean sketchy in the comedic sketch way. Um, so I, I, I would get a lot of comments of like, yeah, he's, he's pushing in the room or you know, especially auditioning for comedy. We were like, well, it's comedy on stage. I'll just do the same thing I do on stage and in the room and that did not work. Yeah. So slowly through the years I, I started to realize like, oh, I can trust trust myself just to be who I am. Read the words. It's still funny. And that's that's sort of where I landed. Yeah. How, how did you get your theatrical reps initially? Through the groundlings. Yeah, only through the groundlings. I I I would have never I think the groundlings has, you know, a reputation where People are either going off to SNL or they're at least working consistently. So my manager, I bu- I booked a a pilot for Fox like in two thousand six, and it was like a uh, it wasn't a a real pilot. It was one of those kind of fake pilots. It was Fox, but it was a half pilot or something. Um, but I was psyched about it. And a manager found me and was like, "All right, let's get you an agent." And uh, I was like, "I don't know what the I don't know what it means to have a manager. I need a lawyer? What? Why do I need a lawyer? <laughs> Who's attacking me?" But yeah, so he kind of led me, my manager, who I've had since I was just for twenty ask years. Him now. Had the same one, though same one, it. very cool. And we've kind of uh, he was he was young at the time too. He came from uh, working with Peter Safran. And I was, I think, one of his first clients, and we have just kind of grown up together in the business. That's and great. He's he's, I mean, I can't. I have not a bad word to say about him. He's been like very supportive. But and, I do. But now I want to hear what <laughs> you have to say about him. No, he's been great, and it and uh, yeah. And so he got people to come to shows at the Groundlings. Oh, um, very cool. And when people came to the Groundlings, they were like, "Oh, he's not." As bad as people have said, we'll take him. But they did say right away they were like, "All right, first thing we want to do is get you to SNL," um, and I was like, "I I don't want to do that." Really? Why not? I had ne- I from the time I was out here, I was like, "I have no interest in SNL." I don't. I I had too many friends that were like, "It's it's uh," so some people loved it, but I had enough friends that were like, "It's pretty." poisonous atmosphere and i didn't i was like i'm not good i'm not strong enough yeah (laughs) and i'm i was uh you know older at the time i was in my you know i was in my mid-30s and i was like i don't want to i don't want to move like even even if it everything worked out perfect i'd have to move to new york and this is not me saying i would have gotten it this is just me saying, I don't even want to go down the road. Yeah. Because there's so much energy that it might it will suck out of me for lot. the next like month or two to even go down the road. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just gonna put that aside. And I can remember being in a room full of agents and they were like, Well then what do you want to do? And I was like, I wanna be on a sitcom. And they were like, Okay. And they kind of were like side eyeing each other, like, "Who? Why does this guy not want to go to SNL? Why does he's a groundling? Why would you do groundlings and not want to go to SNL?" And I was like, "Because I get something very specific out of the groundlings. I already have a, a, a assortment of relationships in LA with casting directors that I really love, and they get me. And I'm building those. And I'd rather work on that." And put time into SNL, and I. If some people are like, "You're crazy." That was the worst mistake of your career. And some people are like, "No, that's awesome. Look, good. You knew who you were." Yeah, I agree. I'm in the
0: the latter group. I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. to know what you want and what you don't want. But to back to the Lasso G point, like you said, no to him twice. Did the, where did SNL be like Ryan? Come come audition for us, even despite your yes. goth protest. At one, at one point,
1: at one point they did. Like, who's but, a
0: sexy and different
1: writer yeah, that he, doesn't want no. us I remember getting a, a, a email from one of the the writers who was like like uh, would you would you consider coming and I just was like I can't I can't I can't it would be a and I already had a, a young boy at the yeah. time and, and I was not a young boy so <laughs> I, you know Good and, for you. Yeah, and I, I just knew. I just knew. I could feel it in my gut, and I. I. It's one. My gut is one of the things I really try to trust as I navigate. Even today through this weird industry, I think we all. We always have that little thing in our gut that says, like, mm, this doesn't feel right. Or this does feel right. I'm just scared of it. Or, or you know. At that point, though, did you worry
0: about saying no? Like, listening to, listen to your gut is one thing. But, like, if I get an Ozempic commercial that pays $400 yeah. or whatever, and I'm like, I don't really want to do it. I feel like, oh, if I say no to this audition, that's just going to be karmically bad. Because then suddenly I'll stop getting all auditions. So, like, have you yeah. wrestled with that at all? And in that moment, were you wrestling
1: with that? I think I, a little bit, a little bit, but I think, you know, I have, uh, I, I feel like the relationships I have outweighed that and the relationships I have with whether other performers or casting directors or anyone in the industry, I'm like, no, I have to trust that they know who I am. And I, I wouldn't be, I want to be happy performing wherever I perform and I knew when I, I could watch SNL and be like, it's too, I, I don't think I could handle it. Yeah. I, I, it would become work, it, as you alluded to something yeah, earlier. I, forget I don't what. want it to be work. Yeah. I want it, I want the, when I get jobs, I want it to be because, like, the last OG, I, I truly like, I had a great time doing it. I don't know if it was, it's the going to be the pinnacle of my. Uh, potential like as a performer, but I had a great time doing it. It came and it was like, I it, I knew that it was going to have, I didn't even, when I, I went in for that once and I remember my agent being like, well, they really, yeah, they loved your, they loved your tape. And then a week later I tested for something else and I was really disappointed because I didn't get it. And, I was like, oh. And he was like, well, the untitled Tracy Morgan project, which that's what it was called at the time, they were they still really like you. And I was like, Great. I'm glad they like me. And and then like a week later they were like, Oh, they're actually they're gonna test you. And I was like, What? They're gonna I haven't even gone in for producers yet or anything. They're like, Yeah, they're they're all out of New York or something. They're gonna test you for that part. And I was like, Okay what what are can i get the sides can i get the script of the pilot or whatever because i didn't know anything that the the sides for the audition were just a completely uh fake scene yeah, yeah. and they were like oh no they're just going to use your tape from the first audition you had to test you and then probably five days later I got a call and they were like, yeah, you get booked for two, for two seasons off one odd, uh, one audition where you were the other reader. (laughs) Yes. And I, but I truly think I got that because I was like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just free and yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter.
0: Back to that room of agents, talk, asking you about SNL. Was that yeah. your manager had brought like four agents to see the groundlands and then you were just talking to them all after? Or are you no. often in rooms full of agents?
1: No, that's the only time I've been in a room full of agents. And it was, I thought I was going to this agency to, uh, to meet with like one agent. And they were like, all right, come on in. And I walked in this room and it was a circle of chairs a squad with nothing like it, it literally was like an uh like an aa meeting <laughs> and i was like hey and they were like oh hi 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 i like all around the circle hi 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 hi, hi. I, i'm i'm bob i'm, I'm chris i'm bob and i was like hi hi oh my god what's happening and they were like, so who do you see yourself like? What do you? And lots of questions about like, what would you want to do? What is do yeah. SNL? And what like, uh, you kind of have a Ben Stiller vibe. Or a, at the time, um, I'll never forget this. The guy was like, "Oh, we have to. You he. It's a shame we didn't meet you like." I don't know how long ago it was, like four or five months ago, because you would have uh, gone in on the Parks and Rec, um, the Chris Pratt role. Yeah. He was like, oh, you would have been perfect for that. And I was like, yeah, I think Chris nailed that pretty good. (laughs) I think Chris probably would have gotten that. I think Pratt might have nudged me to the side. <laughs> but and, but he was no like uh, he, Yeah, it, he was an unknown, yeah. He was unknown. And that's uh, the power of Alison Jones, I feel like she just oh my God. files those unknowns away. Yeah. Absolutely. She's she's What's amazing. your relationship like with Alison Jones? We're both from Maine. Oh, actually, shit. we're not I'm from Maine. She visits Maine. That was the first I had a general <laughs> meeting with her. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah, I misrepresented. Is she, we're from the same house in Maine. Um, no, I remember when I met her, she was like, she was like, "Are you, you're from Maine? And I was like, yeah, and, but she did know I'm from Damariscotta, Maine, and she knew Damariscotta and I think she said she actually summers there or like goes on vacation. So I was like, are you kidding me? That's so, that's wild. But she is probably one of the most down to earth uh people i've met or you know it, it it's it's probably why she's so good yeah at picking out people that are authentic and real and funny and because yeah. she's like she can just talk to you there's no yeah she is who she is she there's nothing about her that's fake
0: wait how did that come about a general meeting with her groundlings oh
1: yeah she reached out or no, groundlings sure my, my manager okay. probably was like Ryan's new at the Groundlings. Very would cool. you would you meet him? And she probably was like, no. And then he bugged her for two weeks, and she was like, yes. Yeah, this is like a
0: great manager.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a little he's a little bull. I love it. He is a bull.
0: You, you mentioned like relationships with casting directors and like as somebody who hasn't really booked anything. That's I I rely I lean on that a bit. Yeah. And Allison brought me in has brought me in twice. Believe it or not, it's crazy. That's awesome. Both post COVID. And the fact that she brought me in a second time, I was, well, brought me in, I filmed it on this wall, but like the fact that she brought me in a second yeah. time, I'm like, yeah, it's validation. I must have done something right and I hope I, I did something right. Rather than she forgot she brought me in the previous time and this has just happened.
1: I don't think so. I don't think Oh, I'm think. spiraling. I don't Get think right, so. <laughs> <laughs> Hold him down. Hold him down. But no, yeah, when they bring she... you in again, it's like, I yeah, love that. that's like what I. It means Hanging like it up as an accomplishment. Yeah, because you you, if you don't book something or you don't get a callback or something, our minds automatically go to like I ruined it, right? I screwed it up. I broke it. I did it wrong, right? And the truth is, like, no, we probably you, you probably did fine. You probably did a gr- you may have done an awesome job, right? And you just weren't right for it, right? When I did House of Lies, I remember. One of the execs from uh, Showtime coming up to me and being like, oh my gosh, we have been waiting to get you on a show. Like, we've seen you. And I was like, how, why are we not told this? I know, dude. As an actor, do you know how important that is to hear where you guys like? You like me? Dude, I agree 100%. (laughs) You liked me. I think
0: I've interviewed a lot of casting directors, and they say they just don't have the time, which I totally get. I do. But like, like if in the situation where we did an awesome job and we just weren't right, I would love just like a note. He
1: crushed it, but he wasn't right. Yes, I would just love that. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Can you imagine the difference? You, you, Because you'd be like, I don't care if I got the part or not. They liked me, and down the road, when they see a part that maybe I'm right for, they're going to have me back in that would that would fuel me for 6 months yeah yeah do you do you have a you sounds like you have a great relationship with your manager do you worry that he's keeping stuff from you like maybe negative feedback oh they've they've certainly told me <laughs> i i there's a joke they've when, told you negative feedback well he's definitely told me negative feedback but he uh it, we've gotten on the phone before with uh like our the the team is what they call it which is gross um but w- we'll get on a phone call and I'll be like they'll mention they'll mention something like yeah well remember uh the offer that came in like last year about the thats project and they'll mention that and I'll be like wait what offer there was an offer and, and they're like yeah and I was like how much hat I remember asking them, how much happens that you guys don't talk to me about? And they all laughed. (laughs) They all laughed. And they were like, yeah, you don't want to, like, we're not going to go there. And I, and, but by the way, I don't mind that. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because I know they, they have a, they have a plan and they have an intention to help me work. And 90% of the time, 99% of the time, if a if there is something that comes across the desk of my manager, he'll send it to me and be like, read it and tell me what you think. Yeah. Um. But I know there's stuff that okay. they're like, yeah, Ryan's not doing that. Yeah, there's for sure. I yeah. would just kind of, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, I- it's a hard thing to, because if, if I wanted to know, I'm sure I could be like, you got to tell me everything. And they'd be like, Okay, okay, <laughs> you can know everything, but do you really want to go down that road? You you want How bad it? Can it be though? Right? Yeah. yeah uh, it feels like I'm almost happier going like, well, you let me know when there's an opportunity. <laughs> but it's funny though you say that because now I'm like picturing like I've emailed
0: agents and managers a few times to get people to come on. Yeah, can never even get a whiff going through agents and managers. I have to. No that's what makes this podcast hard is I have to go directly to the source and finding the source is a very hard thing yeah, to do. Because, I'm sure. Like, I've even reached out to PR people who are it's their job to put people in front of Yeah. N- nothing. They're nothing. like, no, sorry. No. There's
1: enough podcasts and celebrities do them. Yep.
0: <laughs> who are you, Mike Elder? Yeah, right, right. No,
1: it's, it's yeah, I'm sure it's impossible.
0: Let me ask you quick, uh, we're approaching an hour. What Are you at, like, right now, let's say, and I know it's probably not, but are you at, like, peak auditions right now? No. When was your peak auditions and what was it? I'm just curious.
1: 2007. <laughs> no. Uh, peak auditions? Like, how much were you, you
0: going out a week,
1: a month? I think probably when I first signed with... My agency in 2009, 2010, somewhere in there, maybe 2010. Um, I was blown out of the water with auditions and I hated it, yeah, because I was like, I don't have, especially that pilot season. I remember being like, Oh my god, what, how I have like four pilots this tomorrow tomorrow like i i remember there was a week where i had like seven or eight and i thought that was gonna have like last for you know two months it didn't like it kind of there's only so many pilots right right but they kind of threw me at everything wow and since i was a new client with them the casting directors were like well let's bring him in and see what he's got and i shit the bet on every one of <laughs> them. Yeah, that
0: seems like it'd be counterintuitive. It's too, it's too, it's much. too much. And, and I, didn't, I didn't I didn't
1: realize I had the power to go like, hey, can we spread these out? Yeah. And I I learned that from a couple of friends who were like, Ryan, like I remember uh I think it was uh, Ben Falcone who was my director at the time and Sunday company was like, you know, you can, you can tell them you don't have time tomorrow for three pilots. You can say, can I do one Wednesday, one Thursday, one Friday? Because these pilots don't audition one day. Right. (laughs) They're they're auditioning for like a few weeks or three weeks. So, uh, I kind of learned that lesson and, and said like, okay, I can be a little selfish if it's going to make my performance better. Yeah. For for an audition. So what are you doing now? Like a month? How many auditions do you do a month? Uh, I I mean right now it's it's pretty pretty small. I I'm happy if I get one or two a week.
0: One or I two mean TV I did, auditions.
1: Yeah, like or I I would say like one a week for TV. Yeah. I, th- I think TV is still kind of getting back on Slowly, its feet. Yeah, yeah. Um, commercials are hit or miss. I mean commercials could be like. I could get five in a week or I could have one in a week or I could have zero and then five the next week. Like they're kind of like, they come in piles almost. Yeah. yeah. Do you? Are you a person that like counts your auditions and like... No. I have them? been, I've always been lazy. I've always <laughs> been very lazy about that. In fact, I used, when I very first, the very like beginning of my audition, I was like, I have to remember what I'm wearing so I can wear that to the callback. And now you know i'm like "Mm, what was i wearing i don't know i'll give it a, a you know even yesterday i think i went back in on one and i was they were like oh you're wearing something different i was like am i all right, let's be honest. Am I though? Am I wearing something different? Do I get a haircut? Maybe. I, re- I realize the irony of me
0: giving you a pro tip. But what I do is when I'm in the waiting room, I try to just take a photo of myself.
1: Oh, that's smart. <laughs> no, it's honestly, it's very, it's very smart. I, it goes, it, like, it kind of is my philosophy of uh, that. The less I care, that yeah, attitude yeah. bleeds into everything. That's fair. So. I've always just sort of thought like, just relax. They're either, you're either hired or you're not. Yeah. And, and do your best in the room. But the, you know, some people, I see them with books and they're like taking notes and they're like, uh, you know, Kia, January 16th, um, the And they like write down the name of the casting assistant. I, I do this.
0: Do you do this? <laughs> I do it
1: on a spreadsheet.
0: <laughs> but for me, I, I but sort that's of- that's your style, and that helps you. It's ceremonial. Important. It's like I'm filing this away. Yes. And I try to write a note of something I learned, like work on your eye contact or something. And yes. then it's shuffling that away, and I'm focused on the next one. And it's sort
1: of ceremonial in that and way. And by the way, that- that helping you is the same as me not doing it helping me. It, they're both Be equal, yeah, yeah. Because we're all these different Agreed. animals that need different energies Agreed. to succeed. And my energy is like I get really wound up if I start to overanalyze, like get yeah. get into all this the details. So I've found that I need to throw th- th- like. <laughs> I have a joke with a friend of mine that like commercial auditions are toilet paper and yeah I get like flushed as soon as I walk out the door flush and <laughs> then I go to the callback flush if I get an avail fl- I ra- if I get an avail from my I erase it immediately okay. I look at the dates and I go Bleh. okay I know I'm available but like who's not who's not available?
0: <laughs> I agree. That's so funny.
1: So, but but that is the that's the energy I need to be able to survive. That's great. And that's fair. Just because you. you or somebody that's in the middle, where they're like, I I I need something in the middle. That's we all have to find that that area where we can d- be the best to ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's why I started this podcast. Right? It was like there's no. It's we try to make this formulaic, and it's not. No. It's a very no nuance
1: for everybody and everybody has a different sort of path oh my god yeah even like when you hear uh you know celebrities giving acting advice and stuff i'm like yeah that some are like hey i had no i had no plan b and this is like the only thing i can do and i know it's i had to succeed and i'm like that advice could help some people and then some people need to hear like no I worked as you know I was just listening to um who was it Wendy McCoven uh, Clendy Co Covey who who ca- even through her her whole career doing Reno and up until the Goldbergs she had a, another job like and and worked her ass off yeah on the site because she wanted that security that worked for her yeah. we're all different. In the way we need to, like, we we can't, I can't ask you to be like, how do I do this? How do I do it? It's like, uh, I don't know. How do you do this? Yeah, It it goes back to that Will Hines comment. Be you. Sell
0: yourself. Be your brand. But to the former comment, the celebrity saying there's no plan B. I find those ironic because, sure, that's one. But then we're not seeing the 10,000 others that had no plan B and now move back to Chicago. And now have (laughs) plan B.
1: Yeah. Guess what? Most of us have a plan B. Yeah. You may not thousands know what the thousands. plan B is yet, but guess what? We all have a little realtor in the side of us that's ready <laughs> <laughs> ready to oh, sell houses. I literally thought about being a realtor in COVID. Course. I was like, I should, be real-
0: I should get my real estate license.
1: I've thought about, you know what my plan B is? This is the truth, is going back to Maine and opening up a candy shop. I mean, do it. Maine seems beautiful, and a candy shop seems idyllic. Let's do it.
0: I'm in. <laughs> There's a beautiful candy shop right by me. It's called there? Tuesdays? I have no idea how it's open. Nobody's I mean, ever in there, but God. it's a beautiful candy shop. It's a
1: mob friend. <laughs> it's it's a 100% laundry. a mob front.
0: <laughs> okay, my last question i like to end this on was, who took a chance on you? I, I think that's a valuable thing that we don't talk about, and uh, God, it helps everybody. to have somebody take a chance on you. At least one person take a chance on
1: you. I mean, I could name, I could name, I, in my mind, everybody took a chance on me, but I, I will say my manager who had no reason to, his sister came and saw a show at IO West. I don't no. I worked at IO West. For did you really? Yeah. So at IO West, I did a Herald's there yeah. and his sister who, uh, a lesbian, came and saw me and was like, listen, I'm a lesbian and this... I think this guy has charisma <laughs> and, he did, and uh, God bless her because he came, he didn't even come to a show. He just wow. called me and was like, Hey, I'd love to meet with you. And I ignored him for, I'm not kidding you for over a month. Wow. He's a bull. Weekly calls from the manager. Cause I was like, I don't need a manager. What do I do? I have nothing to manage. Like, wait, I don't need it. He kept pushing, 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 pushing. He's great. Until one day I finally called him back. And my intention was to say like, dude, you got to stop calling me. That's hilarious. And he was like, hear me out. Calm down. Sit with me. I want to talk to you about a plan that could take you to the next level. That's amazing. And that he, t- he took a chance on me because I was actually a jerk to him. Yeah. And he pushed. What's his name? Tom Drum. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, Ryan this was great Thank you so much For chatting with me It today. was wonderful I really uh, appreciate You having me Come on My pleasure
0: You get us tail slate Now to end this Right here
1: Hey I'm Ryan Gall <laughs>
0: <laughs> That was awesome Thank you. Yeah that was awesome.
1: Thank goodness, I can release this information